Who would be a Wolves fan, eh? On goes Wolves. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Flash in the shot. What a goal! Hello and welcome everyone to today's episode of Wolves Fancast, part of the 90 Min Network. Uh, joining me this evening, I've got Tom and I've got Luke. Luke, I was saying beforehand, feels like forever since I've last seen you. I know, man, I, can't, I can't even remember the last time I was on. If I'm being honest. No. no. It's been a while. I, I feel, problem is, I think the last time you were on, we weren't playing particularly well. That's my only mem- memory. Well, that could have been at any time within the last 18 months, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> oh, can you remember when Jimenez played poorly for the last time we spoke? <laughs> can you remember when Traor was so inconsistent? I was going to say, Luke, before we go into the show, um, do you fancy doing a quick plug for some of the f- uh, football stuff you're doing at the moment? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so basically, obviously, I'm chairman of a grassroots club called AFC Wolves, and we are doing some free football sessions um just to try and help people manage their mental health a bit better um i personally feel that football is a fantastic tool for helping to to manage mental health so every wednesday seven till eight at goals in darleston um there's a free game of football so if you want to come have a free game of football come down we're also doing park walks around east park as well every monday morning nine o'clock meeting at Parkland's Road side of the park, that entrance, me and a great guy called Pete Tarbuck, who has his own mental health charity and he does loads of fantastic mental health work. So check him out as well. But yeah, if you're struggling or you know somebody who might be struggling with their mental health, um, more than welcome to come along to the, the sessions. And I'm sure, I'm sure the great guys at the fancast will retweet it and tweet it out for me again. Of course, you know, we will. You know, I mean, it's not like I definitely didn't put you on the spot there to give it a plug. (laughs) (laughs) No, of course, I mean, it's one of them as, uh, you know, big thanks to everyone who's already tuning in live. Um, As as good old Dean Marston saying in the comments, you know, well said, top work. It's, you know, it's great stuff you're doing, mate. So, um, you know what, right, I'm going to be honest now. With all that's going on, like people, people are actually struggling. Like people are genuinely struggling. And in my opinion, Local authorities don't give a shit. So, you know, it's, it's the responsibility now passed on to grassroots football clubs and, and the like to put on these sort of sessions and and raise this sort of awareness because me personally, I feel that the support isn't there as much as it should be. I'm not saying it's not there at all because there's fantastic charities and there's fantastic organisations doing some fantastic work. But I just think that the local authorities could do more around mental health support. So oh, I I completely agree with you and you know the fact that you know it shouldn't take away from what you're doing, but you know how community led it has to be is fantastic and it will obviously get the buy-in from people. But it's yeah, it's a shame that there's not more out there, you know. Obviously. I, I could go I could go on my soapbox for days about the <laughs> lack of football pitches and the uh oh, I mean, no. the, yeah it you know, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna name names, but there's a, a facility within Wolverhampton, and to hire a football pitch now, 
you're looking at £100 for an hour? <laughs> Where have grassroots clubs got this money from? It's yeah. ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And that's where the FI need to do more. You know, the FI are lacking as well. And that needs a massive reform. And I could rant about the FI all night as well. But I won't. Because we lost 3-0 to Man City. And I'd rather talk about that. I was going to say, should we rant about something else? Yes, please. That's depressing yeah. enough. You'd rather talk about really 3-0. <laughs> 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 Jesus. I was going to say, as, uh, as Conrad Gabriel's already hitting up in the comments, uh, didn't watch the game, so he's doing pretty well. Um, so, <laughs> a great way to manage your mental health is to not watch Wolves. You're not going to be seeing him tomorrow morning at 9am, are you? He'll be skipping around the park, he will. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's going to be on the other side. I an absolutely whale of a time. Um, but yes, Wolves did lose 3-0 to Man City. Even after I went on to TalkSport this evening, uh, this afternoon, they said, oh, it's going to be a free hit. And I was like, no such thing as a free hit. We'll give them a game and we'll give them everything. Um, and we still kind of got pretty resoundingly beaten. Um I don't know. I'm not saying the battle was over before it started, but when I saw the lineup and saw the front three of Traore, Jimenez, and Huang, my heart did sink a little bit. I mean, Tom, what was your sort of first thoughts on the lineup? It's, it, I mean, people say we're just saying it after the event, but I think we all said it on the group, didn't we? We weren't happy with that front three. I think I was. Still, I was pleased it wasn't a back three slash five. Depends on how you look at it. I was pleased about that. And obviously the midfield three, that's the midfield three I'd have played as well. But not that front three. Huang, Huang you could make a case for it. I think Huang's done all right. He's not set the world alight. He's done all right since Lopetegui's been in. Trio has been awful. Let's be blunt about that. And and uh, Jimenez is, is, is useless. He's fucking useless now. You're not allowed to say that. You're not allowed to say anything about Jimenez. You're not allowed to. No. He's got... Yeah, well, that's it. He runs. He, I think he's buying into it. He's running around a bit, but it, I could do that. He's not. He's not. He's not. He's not. He's not the bloke he was. We need to all realise that. And it's not. It's not. It's not the bloke he was. He was a genuine, like nearly. You know, he was an elite striker before, and he's not even championship sorry, at the moment. Sorry, sorry, but you know what, Tom? Looking at you, you slightly look like. Raul Jimenez, you I've know. had that before. I've had that before. I love how much Tom just gets compared to, I was going to say, any sort of Hispanic Portuguese <laughs> fo- fo- footballer. Yeah. <laughs> just like yeah, set mould. Yeah, <laughs> you do, man. You do. I'll, I'll, take, I'll take that. You ain't a bad looking yeah. fella. I'll take it. He's all right, ain't he? Yeah, yeah, you ain't too yeah. shabby. Yeah, I was going to say, how's the side of your head? Is yeah, it? I was going to say, yeah. Let's get an eye, eye patch in there. And then I'll yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, Halloween's already sorted for you next year. You Fancy go. dress. Perfect. I was going to say, with Jimenez, I mean, he was a bit non-event today, but at least it wasn't as bad as last time he played against Man City. You know? Yeah, we get a reckless sending off, you know. Could always be worse. Um, Still just got through forty-five minutes. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> we, yeah, but Son at least came out instead of him this True. time because it was like just before half time last time. I wasn't think it, it was it? literally it was like, an injury time of. Yeah, it was like time. it was one of the most brain dead things I think I ever remember seeing, uh, which I realised probably isn't the right choice of phrase for a man who suffered a really serious. Um, uh, trauma, but anyway, we'll we'll swiftly move back. To that 
I was happy to see Lamina start Luke. Yeah. Instead of Matini. I like him. I like him. Mm. I, 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 he, he looks he looks like somebody that we need. I feel, I feel like like um, Tom mentioned that midfield three. That is our midfield three, because with all due respect and the fantastic career he's had, Matinho's done, finished, kaput. Um, Traore, when he comes back from in- injury, Traore B, not Traore A, is another good op- good option. But I think our first choice midfield three has to be Neves, Nunes, and Super Mario. I think they work really well with each other. They complement each other. Um, Mario as well. Uh, Lamina, sorry, I'll stop calling him Mario. Like with fucking Bezzies. <laughs> Lamina, I said it in the group chat a couple of weeks ago. Dead cert for your bet builder anytime booking. Yeah. However, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt today. What did he get booked for? Well, I was going to say that was the first was point. In, yeah, that was the first point in my notes about refereeing, and like, don't get me wrong, the referee had no like impact on the result uh, not like you know Liverpool in the cup or anything but it did feel a little bit tough on walls that you know like how how right how are we on the counter-attack Raul gets fouled by Lewis and Lamina ends up getting booked how that is yeah. just poor officiating and within the first 15 minutes you could see what sort of game the ref was going to have and again, you know, we're doing a podcast about Wolves and we're not even 10 minutes in and we're already talking about the ref and how poor the ref was. It's week in, week out there. It's it's embarrassing. Yeah. I was thinking of like the De Bruyne one where, you know, yeah. when it's a good team who does it, it's a ta- oh, it's tactical. It's smart. It's yeah. smart playing, yeah. things like that. Mm. And part of me, the shithouse in me goes, yeah, I kind of agree. But the only way you're going to stop a players from like, you know, you... you I was going to say, your Fabinho's, your Casemiro's, basically any any half-decent player, is if you just book them straight away. It doesn't matter if it's in the first 15 minutes or it's in the last 15 minutes. It, it, I find it really frustrating, well? especially when like you can see, you know, you talk about Lamina being a bet builder. Look at, look at, I was going to say, look at the likes of Neves. Neves mm. is a shoe for 10 bookings a season most of the time. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. a lot of it is just through trying to do the tactical fouls but not quite getting away with it in my opinion I'm sure when we played Liverpool did Traore not get brought down on the halfway line yeah in the second half against Liverpool no no foul no card and you just think those fouls are yeah they are tactical but they need to come with a booking. You're stopping a counter-attack. You know everyone who has played football knows what, what those fouls are for it's because you're stopping the counter-attack and you're being a bit of a shithouse. But on the back end of that, you've got to take the punishment, which is a yellow card. And when you see the refs not giving out yellow cards for those sort of fouls, when a team's wearing a Man City badge or a Liverpool badge or a Manchester United badge, but then he wants to go and book Kilman for his first offence for what was a good tackle? All right, it was a bit firm, but come on. I mean, I've watched it back. I've, I, I saw a fan clip... Um, of it, and it was a pre- it was almost like a perfect shot of it, and it told me about ten times. I don't quite know what the ref's seen. Yeah. The only thing I can think of is he thinks he's lent with his shoulder, but he hasn't. He's just moved the left side of his body, mm-hmm. perfectly blocked the ball. 
I mean, do you know what? It, with, uh, with the Kilman tackle, you'd take, if you'd take a free kick and be like, you know what? Yeah, I don't necessarily agree with it, but free kick to Man City, fair enough. But to get the yellow card out, yeah. and then that absolutely kills the team. It doesn't just kill mm. Kilman, it kills the team. Because Kilman then has to be very, very mindful about every tackle that he's putting in. It also means the player around Kilman have to then have that in the back of the mind as well. And I'm sure these refs do it on purpose, you know, because it was his first offence of the game as well. And I'm not yeah. saying, oh, we should, everyone should get one free hit, but it's not like he's gone in knee high with his stud showing. It's, it's, it's not his fault that he's physically bigger and stronger than Gundogan yeah. to, to warrant a yellow card. But, you know, we... we, we it's not what you said, Rich. Don't think. Look, it is. It's they think about the team. If it's if it's us against City or something like that, we're roughing them up. We're playing a game. We're playing a dirty game. We're trying to like you know <laughs> yeah. win that way. If it's mm. City and we're countering, oh yeah, it's smart. It's, it's it's clever. You know they know what they're doing. Or they rotate it. I mean, it's classic. It's pl- classic pet ploys, and it they rotate the people doing the fouls. Mm. But and it even it, goes down to, to that now. Yeah, and it even goes what to a specific place as well because you know. If it's, you know, Gundogan or, I was going to say, basically anyone in that Man City team, well, you know, you need to give them a foul because it protects the players mm. and things like that. And it's, I, I, I don't think I've ever heard any commentator, pundit, big external to Wolves, say that Adama Troyer needs protection no. from, from opposition. It becomes a laughing joke. I even saw a clip on um, Twitter. You know, obviously, it's all right. It's, it, it is very clearly a bit funny that um, he has baby oil on his arms. The reason why he has it is because he gets fouled so often, he dislocates his shoulder when he falls over. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's why he has it. But oh, it, it becomes a meme, and you know, it's it's a, it's niggly. I know it's not had any real impact in the game. But it just makes Wolves' life a bit harder. Yeah. And, you know, we're not a physically aggressive team. You know, as far as, far as I'm aware, I'd, I'd be fascinated if there's any you know, neutrals watching this or whatever. But, you know, we're not like an in-your-face, you know, even like Brentford, who, who've got a bit of bite to them. Whatever. You know, I forgot about that as well. That that one that you just brought up, Luke. I think when Juan got pulled down, it wasn't even yeah. Lame, it wasn't just Lamina, was it? Lopetegui got booked as well. Yeah. So <laughs> from that, our counter attack, we've had two people booked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bizarre. Like, I mean, again, like, where's the warning for Lopetegui or whatever for for having a go? I mean, I, I know he's animated on the side, but I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. But then yeah, Bruno awesome. sat there doing <laughs> jack shit, just stand yeah. there like like a lemon. Um, so so how many bookings is? Um... Again, you know, when I'm assuming that Lopetegui got booked for arguing with the ref or questioning the ref or whatever, but when the decisions are so consistently shit, of course the manager's going to lose his head a little bit. And, you know, I'm not condoning sort of abuse being thrown at referees because I don't think it should be. But surely you've got to allow a manager to to ask the question like, why haven't you blown for the foul? Why have you given the foul against us? Why have you just booked my central midfielder? Who's, you know, you don't want Lamina on a yellow card within the first 15 minutes because that is his game to Mm. to put the tackles in, to break up play, you know. And 
again, it, sometimes you feel like, is it a tactic by the ref just to make it a little bit more difficult for shit teams like us? <clears throat> he sets his stall out, doesn't he, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And going back to the Lopetegui one, I mean, I don't know, I bet Arteta hasn't been booked this season. And if you watch him on the sidelines, oh, he's much that. worse than Lopetegui. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's the badge, and it, let's face it, stuff like this, it comes down to like the badge, and it's a bit... It's it's really really annoying, mm. and I can see why rest don't like us because we moan and we rolled around a bit. But come on, there's got to be a little bit of consistency somewhere down the line. Yeah, I think I thought particularly I find the manuals really frustrating because you say you look at um, yeah, literally at any of the top six managers. Look at Klopp. Mm. Fuck me, like you know, and then Lopetegui comes in, and again, the perception is you know, oh, he's, he'll be he's aggressive towards referees. And, and, you know, it's that difference between passionate and angry, I guess. And I don't know. It, it's frustrating. But you mentioned the Mina because I thought he was a bit, you know, he was one of the positives today. And I remember his time at Southampton um, when he sort of first played. And he always sort of struck me as a sort of bit of a fancy Dan. Like, obviously, he's got the talent. But he ne- didn't necessarily have that <laughs> bit of work rate. From what I've read, and now obviously what was in a wool shirt, he seems to enjoy that physical aspect of the game and really sort of being a proper engine room um, type of midfielder. And again, screams the exact sort of player we've been missing the last few years. I, f- I feel with um, Lamina and Neves, it will hopefully in, in time allow Nunes to to get forward a little bit more and um, offer us a, a little bit, offer the defence more protection through his style of play. You know, mm. he, he looks good in the tackle. Mm. Uh, his positioning looks good. Uh, he, he's quite physically strong as well. But, like you said, Rich, he can play as well. You know, there was yeah. one time the ball came into him and it's just a little flick in between, you know, let the ball come in between his legs, flicked it back to Collins, I think it was. You know, he's got a little bit of flair to him. Um, I, I think he's, he's... I was... When we first signed him, I wasn't sort of overly enthusiastic, but... I, f- I feel like he's he's going to be a really good addition to the team slash squad. Yeah, yeah, and I think the fact you know you say on paper signing a thirty-year-old midfielder who's had a couple of stints in the Premier League, never really set the world alight playing here. I couldn't understand why it doesn't, and neither did it for me. But they say he seems to have kind of really matured his game and still kept you say that bit of flair. That made him essentially a Juve player, but at the same time, be able to support the team as well. And he almost seems like, you know, we've got um, Babacu Traore, who's almost like, what is he, about 10 years younger than him? If he's 30 or so. And it almost feels like that's a player that Babacu Traore could become in the next few years. So I'm, I'm interested to sort of see how his role develops in his team with Lamina, because uh, so he's 30. Will he be here in three years' time? Maybe not, but hopefully he's going to be that bridge to kind of bring us through. You know, someone like Babacu Traore, maybe as uh, Jafo says in the comments, low risk, low cost, loads of experience. What's not to love? Um, completely, completely agree. Um, let's talk the goals um, because it turns out um, Erling Haaland's quite good at scoring them. Uh, first one. Do you think Collins could have done better? Or do you think he was just harling? I'm not, I'm not sure. He's, 
the problem is he's got Harlan running onto it. He's got five yards on him, hasn't he? So he can run onto it and jump a bit higher as a world-class striker, whereas Collins has got to do it from standing jump. And he, mm. I don't think he can call it an error. Um, you know, maybe for a Van Dyke, he'd probably clear it. Um, but I thought Collins was excellent first half. I thought it was really good. I think he was the main reason we weren't more than one goal down, mm, to be honest. Definitely. I thought it, not just the, the, the goal line clearance. I thought he was he was really good and really commanding. Statman Dave put his stats up from the first half today. Because I thought first half he was superb. He was comfortably our best player. Uh, so first half, Collins, 100 long balls completed. Probably only took, played about two passes, but we'll skip over that. <laughs> <laughs> 97% pass accuracy, four interceptions, three ball recoveries, one goal line clearance and one block. Which yeah, in 45 no. minutes of football ain't bad really, is it? No. No, I agree. I, 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 yeah, I think I, I, I don't think it's a mistake. People say he's got a mistake, you know, but I don't think you can call that a mistake. But, I think he's, well, he's got, it's, it's, it's Harland at the end of the day, and he's got five yards on him. He's a big, massive unit. I, I do I, not many centre halves to get him above him there. I don't think. People say that Collins has got a mistake in him, but let's not forget he's he's only twenty one. Mm. <laughs> he's, he's he's a baby, really, in footballing terms. Um, so he's he's got a lot of developing to do. He's got a lot of experience to to gain. Um, and footballers do sometimes have mistakes in them. I don't see Collins as a player who is sort of having mistakes that lead to goals every game. You no. know, it's, uh, what mistakes has he really made this season that have led to a goal? Off the top of my head, I don't know. There's probably one flow exactly, Matt. I, I totally agree. Um, every player does have a mistake in them, you know. <laughs> I feel like that's just a bit of a cheap shot at Collins because he's not mm. coming playing like Maldini. No, I think it's, I think it's got a lot to do with the Dawson signing his age, um, the age as well. I think they'll complement each other quite well. Because I think let's yeah. face it, if one of the centre halves is dropping out, it's going to be uh, it's going to be Max, isn't it? If he's playing a two, and I think yeah. they would complement each other quite well. Someone like Dawson talking him through his game. He's obviously got so much experience at this level, mm-hmm. um, and it can only improve. It'll only improve Collins, I think. Yeah, I think Collins is obviously his game's just increased tenfold, hasn't it? Since Lopetegui's come in and Tommy said real day, it feels like Collins is like his main man at the back now. Um, and what my sort of take on it is he. He, I think because of his size, he looks a bit gangly, yeah. and it almost feels like when he make when he looks, he can look a little bit clumsy, and almost not quite know what he's doing, despite knowing what he's doing. You know, like the same way Richard Stearman, who, yeah. you know, maybe that first season we had him when he was re- he was obviously a good centre half championship level, but still looked a bit raw and might have had a rick in him, but he never really. Again, similar to Collins, it wasn't like he was doing like Titus Bramble Howlers, mm-hmm. but you'd kind of he'd look exposed if he's you know in a, in a lot of open space and things like that. And I'm not saying that again. Oh, in like five, ten years' time, when he's still here, he's just going to be coming. Say, fucking brazy. But it feels like game after game after game. Now we're talking about how solid he's looking, and I almost can't necessarily remember the time he had a bad game now I think he's been like, has he had a bad game has he had a bad game since Lopetegui came in do we think he, was, he wasn't great at Everton but I don't think anyone was to be honest he, I mean that first half I think that all was, the back four looked horrible yeah but, 
Um, but then second half, like literally almost yeah, from that right. half time, everyone stepped up, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think it's yeah. just showed his confidence. I think, like I say, he lost his. He started all right. I think mm. people forget about you know pre that pre that red card. As soon as that red card hit, he lost his. He lost all his confidence. I think, and he, and obviously the team lost their confidence. So he didn't feel as confident how he was playing and playing out of the back and what have you. Um, so I think up until the red card, I think he was really, really good this season before that. And then since Lopetegui's come in, he's, he's, he's stepped up again. So I've got no concerns with him at all. No, I'd say I think um, we'll talk more about Dawson in a bit. But yeah, I'm, 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 he's a player I'm really kind of keen to see him keep progressing second half of the season. So we're going to the break 1-0 down. And it's interesting what Lopetegui said afterwards that he felt he made a mistake with the lineup. Um pre-match in terms of how they wanted to start the game. So he Lopetegui, almost true to form, switches it up and makes a triple sub at half time. Um which again, I, I don't know whether it's you know something that's a really good thing because it shows how how proactive he is, or whether, you know, he shouldn't be having to constantly making these triple subs. I think it's you just do an awful lot. He's not scared to make a change when it's not no. working, and you know there's, there's there's plenty of times in games and seasons where it's not going to work, and I think it's good that a coach can stand there and take accountability for his mistakes. Because how many times in the years have we had coaches where they've made a mistake, but they still haven't changed it until the seventy fifth minute, and by yeah. then the game's gone. Yeah. So I'd rather him, I'd rather him identify his mistake early and and make rectify it. Yeah. Day. Than, than letting the game sort of be lost already and then thinking, oh, you know what, I'll make a double change now on 75. I know it does help now we can make five subs and that's completely changed the game of football for me from a tactical point of view. Mm. Um, you know, so obviously when you could only make the three, it, it restricted you a lot more than it does now. But yeah, as a coach, you're going to make mistakes, you're going to get it wrong. But I feel like the signs of a good coach is when you can identify the issues and you've got the sort of nous and bravery to change those mistakes. And I guess have a buying from the players as well to be able to kind of go, this ain't, we know it's not working. How are we going to fix it? And, exactly. and I think from a player's point of view, you, you're thinking, this ain't quite working. We need to fix it because this motherfucker, he ain't going to be scared to bring me off. Whereas if you've got yeah. a coach, you, you, the game can you you know as a player that if the game's not working, if the game plan's not working, you know when you're on that pitch. But if you're if you know your gaffer ain't going to make a sub till eighty minutes, you can think you know what I can still coast. He ain't going to change it for another half hour anyway. Mm. But when you've got a manager who nah, if it ain't working after half hour, I'm changing it. It makes you as a player think. Well, do you know what I've got to step it up and try and make it change myself, which is equally as important as a manager sort of making those changes, in my opinion, anyway. I hadn't I really thought too much in terms of a five sub being allowed now because they say obviously it gives him that flexibility to make subs earlier on and you say rectify things with more changes and having more intervals to do it in. But they say he's adapted to that a lot quicker than any of our other managers who have had that opportunity, you say, it's not quite worked, then, you know, just make the change earlier. And mm. yeah, I say, I find it, 
I find it fascinating that, say, from a coach specific in Lopetegui, he's, I guess, capitalised on that a bit better than other managers we've had. Yeah, I'd say so. There was a definite mentality shift at half-time as well. They were mm. pressing really high. That actually is a bit really frustrating, actually, because I think we actually started the second half pretty well. It looked a lot more threatening. And then the, the penalty is just so annoying. It, it is a penalty, but it's just so annoying. He doesn't even know he's there, does he? It's just a coming together. It's it's really unfortunate how what, how it sort of came about. Because like, like I said, there was, at one point, I was almost wanted to freeze frame it because I think we had six players pretty much in and around their box trying mm. to squeeze them and pen them in, trying to play like City. Whereas we didn't have it, you know, we didn't have six players in their half, I don't think, at any point in the first half. Um, so it wasn't just personnel, but I think it was also a mentality shift. And unfortunately, that, that, as soon as that penalty went, that was it really, wasn't it? I we weren't going to get back from two goals. Um, so it's a bit frustrating that we could, couldn't see how the game would have panned out a little bit more if we'd have had a bit more time at 1-0. Um, yeah, it was it was really frustrating because obviously we got the goal, what um, the penalty five minutes into the second half, and we started those five minutes were Wolves' best period, I guess, with the new with the tactical change and how we we're working in it. It's like, it's frustrating, but yeah, I mean the penalty is just annoying oh, because right. again, the thing I find really annoying is I can't imagine Wolves getting a penalty like that. In my opinion, Do you know what I mean? Like a Wolves player just get just ghosting in. Just... I, I I don't think it's a penalty personally, but I can't say that because it's just been given against Wolves. So obviously, I'm not going to think it's a penalty. You'll but... get him you'll get the same hot water as I did when uh, with the Knott's Forest <laughs> one. We can't be after that, Luke. <laughs> yeah. But, but, yeah. So you mentioned Knott's Forest. If that's a penalty, how is it not a penalty? on Nunes and then the referee was it is that Peter Walton that idiot and he came out and said well according to the PGMOL um it can it's it there's a difference between in the box and outside the box so they're coming out with the bollocks there but then something so similar happens and then it's a penalty to them and then it's not a penalty to us and you just think what even is football now what are the rules what 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 are the terms and conditions because I ain't got a fucking clue. Because I was going to say, to drag it on, I was going to say, refereeing and officiating the rules of the game. One of the reasons why football is so fundamentally popular and, and so bloody brilliant, in my opinion, is because it is an incredibly simple game. Yeah. That, that That's sort of why it works for a lot of the time. Yeah, but, you can pick up and play. It's like when you compare it to you know things like rugby, cricket... You know, even if you just do like invasion sports, like American football or whatever, as well, they're so complex. And like, for I won't kind of go off too much of a tangent, but um, in rugby union, they've had a rule change about tackling all of a sudden, and I can't almost get my head around just implementing a you know, a sweeping change like that. And the players can't keep up with it, it's not to the benefit of them. Really, is it? No. It's not to the benefit of the people uh, of the consumers, which is us. It doesn't make the product better. I'm not saying, oh yeah, just strip it back completely to when you can have like you know, Vinnie Jones two footed challenges or whatever. But it's got to be like a simpler middle ground to it, and the players need to, in my opinion, have a better cultural shift around it in terms of their attitudes around you say rolling around easily. Because, you know, 
that that a, 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 an official claim that's the reason why they have to do certain things. But it doesn't half make it, you say, a, a less enjoyable watch as well. It's not even if I'm watching my own team as well. It's when you're watching other ones. Um, and yeah, I, to be fair, yes, I know the, um, as Hungry Like Wolf says in the comments, the ones around protecting players due to head contacts and potential long-term injuries. But there was a, another clip as well I saw um, in another match as well. I, I sound like I watch loads of rugby. I've watched like, two bits recently around how you know essentially a player got the ball from the back of a scrum um i think it was because one player hadn't binded at the right point and just all these complex laws it just doesn't uh, i find it confusing and they say when you get increased laws around offside as well i can't tell you what an offside is to the truest extent of what it can and should be you know, um, you know, football's not working when the only person that understands the laws of the game is Stuart Hall, and that's only because he reads the bloody manual every year in weekly. Yeah, but like, you know, obviously we're not experts, but we're confused around the laws of the game. The players are concerned around the laws of the game. The pundits are con- the professional pundits are concerned around the laws of the game. The commentators, I think, even the managers, everyone is is so confused because, in my opinion, they've taken away all transparency now. Mm. And you see one incident and then the week after you'll see something similar, but the explanation from the referees or whoever, the PGMOL, it will be different, even though the incidents were so, so similar. And it's, oh, it, it's, it's just, it's mind blowingly frustrating. Speaking of frustrating, Man City's third goal, because I think you could make a point for at least two out of the three goals, particularly the third goal, were avoidable. And uh, we almost seen the basement level of Jose Sarnow, who has been, for 18 months at Wolves, been a really strong performer. But his form, ironically, you know, his form's almost done the exact opposite to Collins this season. And it's just slowly and slowly slumping because... I have genuinely no idea what he was trying to do at that moment. I think it was, yeah, it was almost like he was told you need to pass out from the back and then thought, well, that is the only thing I can do. And, you know, for a player of his quality, that that was a sad and frustrating thing to see. It, there, was just no, there was no pace on it whatsoever. Mm. Like, anyone could have intercepted that. You, you know, you could have got bully out of retirement. He'd have intercepted that. It was, it was, it was just piss weak. I what the hell he was doing with it. Um, but it's not the first time, is it? I mean, he had a couple of these in him. He got caught out a couple of times last season, but he got away with it. Um, and now he's sort of look seems to be running out. But again, I'll go back to that. His brain just seems frazzled with stuff like that. I'll go back to that one against Liverpool when he tried to pass it back to Neves when he was already pretty much on his goal line. Mm. Um, it's not. He's, he's keeping so much about decision making, and his head's not something. His head's not right at the moment. In which case, you know, he's not like he's not making sound decisions. And he's 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 got so much ability. It's really frustrating. Um, but I think he'll be replaced in the summer. I'm pretty sure. I don't. I thought. I think lots. I think Lopetegui. There was there was rumbles, wasn't there already? And we were a bit, mm. you know, surprised by it right at the start of January. And they said they were going to look for another keeper to push him. Or, well, they they sort of said, oh, potentially a number two, but there's someone who can push Sar. Um, 
So I think I think Lopetegui's got his number. I think, and I think I think he'll be gone in the summer. I think with the way Lopetegui wants to play, blatantly wants us to play out from the back. He will want a goalkeeper who's a lot more comfortable with the ball at his feet, um, because whilst Sar isn't the worst kicker of the ball in the world, he's certainly not Patricio. Um, he's not great, and like you, you said, Tommy's decision making as well um, isn't great. So I think you're right. I think you're spot on. He'll, he will get replaced, and I'd love us to go in for the lad from Liverpool. Kel- is it Kelleher? Yeah, yeah. I think he'd he'd, he'd fit us perfectly. See, I don't want to sign him because I don't think we should sign players from Liverpool, personally. Because they charge charge twice as much as any other club. Well, after the way they've done us the last couple of seasons, we should get him for about £2.50. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. You know, they they can take... We'll give him Hoover back. Yeah, exactly. We'll end up paying him twice as much or something like that. It would be ridiculous. Just, yeah... I don't know. It feels like, again, the perception around SARS changing because I always, I wouldn't necessarily call him a, uh, you know, sweeper keeper to a true extent in being almost, you know, an, a defender in goal, as it were. But I never saw SARS being bad with his feet, but he seems to not be able to quite understand the process of what Lopetegui's trying to do in terms of passing out from the back. It's almost like SARS distribution is long distribution rather than I guess short fires out to your you know to your full backs or centre halves. And I think that's the issue, like like Tom said, it's his decision making. It's not like he's a terrible kicker of the ball. And you know, long distribution, yeah, but when we want to play out so short and so regular like Lopetegui obviously wants us to do that's where then the goalkeeper's decision making comes into it and mm. he's struggling because he's too erratic. He's too erratic. Um, which is a shame because he's a great character. He's not like he's a terrible goalkeeper, but if we're talking about Collins has got a mistake in him, then Sar's got three or four. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's if, if you want to point fingers of mistakes, I don't think you should be pointing at a 21-year-old centre-half. Maybe look at a 30, 30-year-old goalkeeper. Yeah. About that in the late 20s. Um, and, but I think... Tom's hit the nail on the head with the word decision-making. We need a goalkeeper with better decision-making because he's frigging giving me a heart attack. When he's <laughs> kicking the ball out for corners twice yeah. in like two weeks, you know this kid can't play it from the back. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll say, apart from that, obviously we've had a few half chances. I think there was, you know, there was a penalty shout as well, I believe. Um, for uh, Sarabia, I mean, again, not enough. We'll we'll park we'll park for referee stuff for one side because you know I know we all know Carl. I think we've had our uh, we've had our vent and we know we know where we all stand on it. But I guess I, I know I didn't want to say this is a free hit of a game, but in terms of Wolves this season and how Wolves have done under Lopetegui, I don't think this really. You know, touches the size. To be honest, we we know Man City are obviously a good team, um, and as um, we had a comment on YouTube, big thanks to everyone as always. But hungry like the wolf said, you know, they Man City win what sixteen out of beat sixteen out of twenty teams e- each season. It's they 
they're going to beat us at some point. And, you know, yeah, they, you know, meet at least 16 out of 20 games. And that unfortunately, season. it was us today. It's not going to be defined by this defeat, is that it? That season's not going to be defined by losing 3 0 away at Man City in January. You know, I've, and again, we don't want to use the term free hit, but our season's not going to be defined against our next fixture against Liverpool. Our season will be defined against Southampton the week after. The West Ham game last week is other other games that are going to define our uh, our season. Um, yeah, it's not a free hit. You know, we don't want to lose games ever, but at the same time, I think we need to be realistic as well. You know, Man City are probably the best team or one of the best teams on the planet. They need to have an off day and you need to have a good day to get anything from the Etihad. Yeah, I agree. And that didn't happen today. Yeah. No. We, 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 were, we were average to poor and they were pretty average as well, to be fair. And they're, they're, they're 11 is three goals better than our 11 when they're playing at the same, you know, yeah. sort of ability, if you like to put it that way. You know, like you said, like Luke, absolutely right. We have to play great and they have to play poor if we want to win. We have to play good. They have to play poor if we want to draw. You know, we we they didn't get out of second or third gear, and neither did we. Yeah, we lost. Yeah, and we're now we've got gonna... two, and we've got now got two weeks off. Let's say two weeks off. We now not got a game for a couple of weeks, so hopefully that gives Stopatagi a chance to continually whip them into shape because it has been a full-on fixture list um, since return as well. So hopefully they can continue to work on some of the sides of the game, and um, which they definitely have been doing. And again aside from this game in terms of how we're getting more plays forward and things like that. But there's still plenty of work to be done. Hopefully in that next two weeks, we might sign a few more players as well or see a bit more transfer activity. So we're going to take um, a quick break. And after a break, we're going to talk about some incomings and outgoings. Hello, welcome back, everyone. So... After, I guess, a bit of funny business, could you say, from West Ham, Wolves have finally signed uh, Craig Dawson for £3.3 million. Um, pounds. I was going to say, slightly confusing because he's 32 and it's 3.3. I feel like they, you know, just 3.2 would have had a nice mirror for me personally. But as we talked about earlier, shrewd signing. I think Mate, so. Have you seen how, how angry the Albion fans are? Yeah, I know. It's all window. Absolutely <laughs> loving it just for that. Even if he never kicks a ball for us, I don't even care. Just watching them melt down that one of their sort of former heroes is now playing for us in the Premier League. Is it is it that much of a bad thing for the like Julian Lescott played for the Albion, but you don't see like me burning my mascot photo with him. <laughs> yeah, <thank laughs> like, get a grip. It's Craig Dawson. I I don't don't get me wrong, solid pro, decent defender. Realistically, what did he actually do at West Brom? Because they did fuck all for the last decade and a half, apart from beat us 5-1. <laughs> I, I, do you know what I mean? It's not like... Uh, no, just Is it just Albion Twitter being Albion Twitter, do we think? They're salty from the uh, from their game the other night, and I think yeah. not recovered from that yet. I think they're genuinely genuinely annoyed. But um, Albion fume aside, I think like we touched on earlier, great signing for yeah. to 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 sort of mentor Collins and Kilman. 
Um, they can learn from his experience. He can talk them through games. Uh, it gives us more strength in depth. You know, we've actually got a squad now, which we haven't had for about five seasons because Nuno just wanted to have 13 players, it felt like. Um, I think it's, you know, like Jafar mentioned in the um, comments earlier, low cost, low risk, pissed off the Albion, what's not to love? <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, we talk about Albion fans being pissed. Another set of pants who are pissed is West Ham fans, actually. Yeah, yeah, that's just a lot. Yeah, you know, like, we, we've seen enough players come and go from Wolves and you get to sort of gauge reaction, but, you know, they, they seem genuinely sad to see him go from on a personal level. And I think there is a case of him, he, he is obviously moving back here because of family, because he was linked with us in the summer and he was linked with Aston Villa as well. And I'd, I'd get it, you know, he's, he's in his mid-30s, he's wanting to go back to where his family has settled. But for us to get a... Solid signing from essentially a Premier League rival, whichever end of the table we're going to be in, for pennies in football terms. Like you, you can't beat it. Do you know what I mean? Like you know, we're. It, I think we've done a good job here, and there's definitely a shift in the club. Isn't there in terms of, you know, for every foreign signing, dare I say. And you know, a bit of an unknown that actually we need to match it up with a player who has got a bit of Premier League experience about them. And you know, having I don't know, it, it feels like it's a bit scary. Also, almost trying to you know think tactically about signings and squad balance at the moment. Yeah, well, Luke said earlier, it's like the Lamina thing. It's just it's, it's a smart signing. You put it in a smart signing camp. That all that talk at the start of the window was they wanted ex- they wanted more experience in the squad. So the last three signings have been Lamina twenty nine, Sarabia thirty, Dawson what thirty two. Um, they wanted Premier League experience. They've got that in Lamina and Dawson, and then wanted a bit of um, English. They wanted some English players in there, and they get that with Dawson as well. So they've been true to their word at the start of the window. They've clearly identified stuff. There seems to be some sort of strategy, unlike the sort of scattergun approach that we saw in the summer. Um, it just makes it it's just smart, just clever. Um, so I'm all for it. Yeah, I was like genuinely like, I don't know. You, you, transfers are a bit of a risky business, but it's kind of nice to see like the project you know, actually having a level of planning and like very conscious planning with it. Um, since we last spoke, I think it was rumoured, uh, Tom, but Guedes has finally gone, um, I was going to say, back home to Portugal on loan and already scoring. But let, let's be honest, the, uh, the, the little ghost never really quite fitted in, did he? No, it's was, been awful. It was awful. Face. I mean, don't get me wrong, I hope he goes there and scores a bag full because we need to keep his value up because he's never going to play for us again. So we, we've got to get as much money as we can back. Um, I think the only thing with this one, because it's a because he's a Mendes client, it should protect some of his value because, it, you know, he'll just spin his little wheel and he'll find someone who wants to stump up the cash for him. And if he's, let's hope he scores a load of Benfica and that club's Benfica. But um, yeah, he was awful for us, bad attitude. And it, the only thing I'll say with with him and as yeah he's been he's been bad but at least like he's he looks like he's really put himself about trying a bit. Guedes didn't even have that. 
Two mm. shit, and he didn't look like he didn't care, and that, that's just a combination that's just never, ever, ever going to work. Um, the, the, I was so going to say you, you almost had that sort of. Oh God, I feel awful for saying this, but you did have that little bit of the uh, Joey Johnny Foreigner. It's got a bit cold. I don't really like it here. Five. Considering we were chasing him for three years, it's yeah. not just. He's the type of player in Sunday League. You just say, you just say, just put a reducer on him after two minutes, and then you won't see him again for, <laughs> yeah. for, for eighty-eight. <laughs> it's just classic, isn't it? Yeah, don't fancy it. And like, it, it almost felt like when he played out on the wing, he kind of. I like wingers who stretch your play. It almost felt like he went hiding, and mm. you know, you can't have that when you're in, in, in this level of football when you're in a relegation fight or you know battling bottom half of the table you just can't be doing with that and when I look back and you kind of have oh, we, we had Pedro Neto who appreciate his younger but really like works on his game and works off the pitch to become a better player then we brought in Trincao last year and sort of towards the end he at least kind of started to show a bit of promise and I'm not saying I think we should have signed Trincao. I could have understood why we maybe have potentially loaned him for another season or something. But then Guedes, it's just, nah, just frustrating. Really frustrating um, for me. Talk has gone quiet, though, on the uh, Frijal Gomez campaign, though. Because, I mean, I, I, I just need him to sign for someone now. Whether it's Wolves, whether it's Leon, I, I, he just needs to sign for sign at this point. I can't be doing any long, any more retracted transfer saga, in my opinion. Just free for man. It's just weird, isn't it? Because if he goes to Leon, it's obvious that he doesn't want to be there. Um, mm. I don't even know what's going on with Arbid, but uh, like a Flamengo now rejected it. Have we, you know, is, is Arbid completely out the window? So if he doesn't go to Leon and Flamengo are just going to say, well, you're not going anywhere then. Like, what the hell is going on? If he doesn't come though, and I hope he stays at Flamengo and they're going to administration because they needed £15 million to pay off the tax man. And then we get him on a free. Because, the, 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 come on, let's be honest, man. What they've done is it's totally underhand. It's bang out of order. You can't accept an offer. Well, I suppose you can, but <laughs> like morally, it's just completely wrong, isn't it? When even your own asset slash player is pretty much saying, come on, lads, let me go. Like, is it not sort of like exploitation in some sort of way? Like, they're literally holding the man against his will to stay in a country that he doesn't want to be in anymore. I, fi- I, I find football transfers fascinating at the best times but and i think for me they're really transactional like you put in an offer it gets accepted it then moves on to the next stage and you can't kind of go back from that initial bit but i know i guess it's like on that bit on football manager where you get all the way to the end and you still like even if the contract's been confirmed you can still put yes no delay mm. or uh, it feels like they've just gone like yeah, no. <laughs> and as I said, I said the other day, you know, Wolves 
didn't quite get it right with Enzo Fernandez for multiple reasons as well. And I know, again, Tin Hat Fear, however you want to describe it, it does seem like we are struggling to really secure the signing because from South America, that they're kind of really working hard on the scouting element of it and not quite pulling through on it, which is really unfortunate. And, you know, Flamengo don't come across particularly well in it. Neither did Leon, to be honest. No. Well, well, you know, Leon, yeah. If you think they're we'll, interested okay. in the player, put put yeah. a bid in. It's it's Flamengo for me. Like I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with. You certainly can't say anything about like our recruitment team on this deal because they've done what they thought yeah. needed to be done, and then Leon have just come in and, and put a spanner in the works, and Flamengo have. I don't I don't don't even know why it's got to this position like if the player wants to go to a club then just let him go hmm. I don't know what, I... yeah for money that they obviously thought was was acceptable you know a week ago yeah. two weeks ago so why is it any, you know why is it any different now I, 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 it's a tricky one for it because people are saying well, well just pay the extra million or do this and that but it's a principal thing isn't it at this yeah. point yeah and I sort I sort of do respect the club for sort of saying well no you know, why should we, you know, sort of change now? It, it, it's a tricky one because I think we all want him. I think we can all see the potential that he's got. Um, and I don't think it's just a case of the extra million. I think it's the payment structure from what, what you read. Um, mm. But I, I've, I almost respect the club more for sticking to the guns and being like that because otherwise we're just going to be taken for a ride for every, you know, with every yeah. club. Yeah, over the next transfer that comes in, we'll, you say, we'll get bent over. Yeah. And Wolves have always, you know, under Foson, by and large... We've had been sort of fairly solid with some of the transfer fees. We've had a few haywire ones where we have over we've overpaid odds. But you know, I think for a lot of the younger players, we tend to try and be conservative on it. So we'll see. We'll see. Whether we get to like it being a transfer deadline day one, or you know what, I think genuinely might happen is he doesn't move to any one. He just ends up being in Flamengo and being a bit pissed off and whether we go in for it in the summer or not, who knows, but there's a plenty of time to, um, force to make any dealings in the window. Do you see anyone else going at this point, boys? Uh, if I mean, you get a striker, I can see maybe, maybe one of them going out, and Raul mm. going out possibly. Um, they've, they've said today, I've heard mascara's going out on my own. Oh, yeah. They said that, yeah, I think they've, well, they pretty much said, look, this allows, Hobbs has said, look, this this allows to, to send Mascara on loan. Yeah, that makes I think sense. The, yeah, I think the Felipe deal, from what you read now, is is dead. I think the Dawson deal put pay to that. Um, but if he was going to come in, then I'd have expected maybe Totti to go on loan as well. Uh, but no, I don't, I, don't, I don't think so. I, I think, I, I do want to see another striker, I must admit. I, I don't know how Kuna didn't start today and I don't mm. know, you know, there must be a reason behind why he didn't start. He should be starting each game. But even then, we need we need another, we need another striker option for me. And I, I, I'd look at, I'd look, um, a watch of that, uh, I can't pronounce his name, this Coventry striker. Um, oh, yeah. But he good. looks, he looks all right. He looks pretty mm. decent. He looks a bit like, a, I don't know, like a poor man's Harland. He's got a bit of everything. You yeah. know, big, big lad, but he's got a bit about him, you know. Um, so I, I wouldn't mind a little that look at him. We'll see. I was gonna say, be interested in another strike, but I, I I agree, someone needs to go. But there's plenty of deadwood, so we'll see. 
Um, right, we've got a few questions from Twitter Corner, just the four of which I think we've got a couple of people who are watching live on YouTube. Uh, make sure you like, share and subscribe if you are watching. Big thanks as always. So Hungry Like the Wolf asks, what's happened to Jeff? Other than meeting um, Hulin in the new manager first day video, he hasn't appeared in for five player videos. Uh, used to uh, be on the mall saying hi and giving them... Um, you know, the address in his office. Uh, is he hiding now? He has a more photogenic mat uh, in the spotlight. I mean, I just think he's just trying to like stay out of the camera a bit. And you know, obviously, Jeff's had a lot of bad PR the last few years, and you know, having a different face in front of it makes a bit of sense. Or it might be that we've actually made the correct decision, and we're keeping Jeff away from footballing decisions, and he can just manage the sort of business side of the operation because he should never have been involved in the football side of things anyway, especially transfers. So maybe that decision has been made and he's got a new job role. Maybe he's now the, I don't know, senior number cruncher guy. <laughs> I'll, I'll check his LinkedIn that, post later for the uh, senior. Yeah. <laughs> Be a good business card. <laughs> uh, let's see what else we've got uh, coming up a uh, good one from Andrew Wright on the, subject, on the subject of escaping the drop zone which which members of the current Wolf squad would you least like to help you in an escape room and which ones do you think would help you get out of there in no time Matinia for, for, for the one I want probably yeah he hates, hates to lose uh, anything so Sign him up. He, and he seems quite smart as well. Yeah, I think he's yeah. can't. He, he'd be able to work out the puzzle in front of him. I'll I'll take Neto with me. Just okay. because he'd be a laugh. You know, yeah. a laugh. <laughs> and I struggle with our sort of things. So just, <laughs> at least have fun for an hour. Yeah, <laughs> a couple of cans. Have a laugh. <laughs> Can Luke and Luke and Pedro on the beers. I was trying to think of who I don't think would be particularly great in there. I mean, is it lazy to say Adama? I was was, was thinking (laughs) you could take Adama with you because he would just smash the doors off anyway. Yeah. Just say, say, you stand at the opposite side of the room, right? Put your head down and just run as fast as you can (laughs) through that door. Get us out. Get us out. Uh, What else have we got? Um, Jaffo asks, uh, which one of the injured players uh, would make the biggest impact to our season right now? Pedro Neto. Yeah. Pedro Neto, best footballer in the world. (laughs) I'd actually go Clydesich, actually. I think Mm. think he'd be all right. I I haven't said, you know, just just from what we saw before he came in, and we need a striker. I think we've got wide, I think we've got wide midfielders covered net, but um, not centre forward. So makes a lot more sense, Tom. Yeah. (laughs) But who would be better for Luke to have beers within an escape room? Well, that's it. Although, although everything you read, uh, apparently Sasa Kladnich is a very lovely man. So you might have a nice time. He, I, I think he'd be the sort who'd bring you the beers with him, though, Luke. Whereas I don't see Pedro Neto doing that. What, bring you beers? Yeah. I think he'd expect you to supply the beers. Hey, Neto would get on the bag and everything, I reckon. Right? <laughs> 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 fun times, fun times. 
<laughs> right, uh, last question uh, from Todd. Uh, which movie uh, will you be watching to help you forget this game? Um, it sounds really bad. I literally, and, and bearing in mind, three out of the ten of us who do this do a film podcast. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I actually watched a film. No. I sounds so no, bad. I just watch kids' films all the time now. Yeah. Just Disney Plus on yeah. loop. <laughs> and some of that which Disney Plus is when I'm it'll watching pro- the Wolves. That's it will probably be in, it'll probably be in Canto. Or it'll probably be um I was gonna say Tiana's Princess and the Frog, most likely or Tangled. Yeah. You want my nice dancer? Yeah. It, I've got it's just constant in my yeah. I can't escape. I might cancel Disney Plus just so I can't do it anymore. Can you film your children try to access Disney Plus after you've answered it? Because <laughs> uh, I I know what reaction would be in my house, and it wouldn't be uh, it wouldn't be pleasant viewing to not be able to access um, any anything princess related. So yeah, I might just try and do that for laughs. Like and then I might get a new telly as well. So <laughs> it, potentially it could be a win win. I get content and a bigger telly. Yeah, you might find a new house. Yeah, potentially, yeah. <laughs> and a wife. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's probably a good point to wrap up the show as any will be back um, in a couple of weeks now because say we're, we're not in the fourth round of the FA Cup, so no game next weekend. Uh, we'll hopefully be around to go through any of the latest transfer wheelings and dealings um, if and when any of them come out um make sure you stay up to date with all things wolves fancast on twitter facebook and instagram it's at wolves fancast if you're watching live um on youtube thank you so much for watching make sure you've liked the video and you've smashed the subscribe button um and i was gonna say even if you listen as a podcast just have a look and go on as well it'll be very appreciated um and also shout out to 90 min as well for all your um support being part of the network until next time, though, it's goodbye from Luke. See you later. It's goodbye from Tom. Bye, Wolf Sands. And it's goodbye from me. See you next time. Mm-hmm.